How you doing, Rodney? Doing great. How are you, Jim? Man, what just happened? Chiefs lose 1913, and it didn't look, even when they were down three points, it didn't look like they could possibly score. That was, and have you ever seen a situation, I think yesterday, they found an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman somewhere along the side of the road and fired <laughs> one of their offensive linemen. I mean, yeah, they need to start from scratch. After the game, the coaches said, oh, it's no big deal, but I've never seen an NFL team, you know, do such uh, massive moving. Did you the see this? We were playing, so our like left guard or right guard, I can't remember which one, got hurt. They put in a backup. Yeah. And uh, this guy was just getting blown off the line. There's yeah, there's three was. or four plays in a row where he was on his back. It's like this is terrible. Yeah, he got the best quarterback in history, and he's getting rolled up on every play. But Indianapolis had the little sisters of Mary back there playing. We should have been able to throw against them. And what think, are we going to do against yeah. the, What are we going to do against the Sean Watson who threw for five touchdowns on Sunday? He's coming in this week. So. It's like we solved the issue of our pass pass defense. And then we get exposed. I don't think, like last year, our run defense was really bad. Yeah. And then we try, we try to sure up our pass defense. And our we had people defense. like Justin Houston though, who could rush the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> we saw him last week. Yeah. We've we've kind of downgraded. And we got and we don't have Chris Jones this week. So uh, uh, Paul and I are in the same pick 'em, you know, NFL thing. I'm just letting him know I'm going to be picking against the Chiefs this week, and I feel really bad about that. <laughs> So let's move on to your team. What happened to K-State? I thought after Mississippi State we were going to uh, run, the, run Jim, the table. I, I told you <laughs> What's last going week, on? I think we're a little overrated. Um, yeah. My gosh. It My was just goodness. a bad day for Kansas, Kansas City sports. Yeah, you know, isn't it funny? Like three, four weeks ago, the Chiefs won, right? Yeah. KU won, K-State won, and Washburn won. <laughs> I mean, I went I, the whole week. I was smiling. I thought we're all going to the to the championship <laughs> games, and and on Sunday, all four of them lost. Yeah. And uh, uh, soccer team uh, Sporting KC lost for like the twelfth straight time and finished their season, which was a blessing. But the uh, NBA season started, <laughs> right? Amen. NBA. Our Golden State this Warriors is the, don't look good. This is the best time of, uh, of the year for sports because you got football that's in full gear, college and NFL. You got basketball starting up. You got baseball in the playoffs. Uh, soccer's ending. So it's just a magnificent – I'm sorry if any of you guys are soccer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, no, it's, it's, it's a wonderful. How about those Jayhawks, huh? Yeah. Can he just be those stripper poles every game this year? So. <laughs> Can you what cut that, that out of the recording, Sam? What is that about? So the Jayhawks looked, uh, well, actually, they're the only team that did about as well as expected. You know? Yeah, that's true. So, You know, I thought I thought they were going to play well because I watched a little bit of the game you starting won? out. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah at the beginning. Um, and they were up 7 nothing. I was like, this could possibly be a game. And, <laughs> you know, because they've played Oklahoma <laughs> tough the last – Couple years. You didn't they, think that. Yes, I did. Because last not. year they went to Norman and they. I know. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma wasn't. I guess they were highly ranked last year, too. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm just going to put that slide up because that's the last time it's going to look good. So, anyway, uh, we're into laws of leadership, laws of leadership workbook, 
So, yeah, good. So about five of you got, got your books this morning. Uh, and listen, I really like these two laws we're doing today. So you want to lead us through a law of magnetism, who you are, all that stuff? Do you have that slide that we... This one? Oh, the other one? Yeah, the other one. Oh, the one I just did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there. All right. So <clears throat> at the beginning of this chapter, um, Maxwell, he, he says, hey, uh, when you think about... Most people, most leaders are going to think about the leaders that they want to attract. And he says, do this little exercise. Think about the type of leaders that you want to have in your organizations that you would like to have on your teams. And so we were sitting at lunch yesterday, and I just, you know, we came up with the idea of, hey, why don't we go ahead and put up what we would say, these are the type of leaders that we want in our organization, and kind of give you guys an example of um, of this. So my types of people that I would want to have in leadership uh, or to be a part of my team, I want them to be intuitive, uh, slash I want them to have high emotional IQ. I want them to kind of be visionary to see out in front of where we currently are to where we could go, uh, come up with ideas. I want them to be others first oriented, have high character. Uh, I want them to be relational. I want them to be gentle with people, yet uh, also have the ability to be direct and firm when they need to be. Uh, I want them to have a desire for excellence and a desire to win. And I also want them to be able to have fun. Um, Jim, what are yours? Uh, mine are basically a positive mental attitude, excellence, humor, determined to succeed, you know, not, not casual, not careless about that, and spiritual. So I'm curious, which of those, you know, he says uh, in this chapter that who you are is who you attract. Yeah. So if that's who you are, which of those, you know, things that you listed do you find is pretty common ground between you and the people who hang around you? Or maybe in your kids or something oh. like that, when you look at those things. Do we didn't talk about doing this part. Well, I mean, you know, when, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would hope that people would say I have high character. Uh, well, I've been in your home, able to have fun. Yeah. You, <laughs> your wife and your kids, they're all able to have fun, that's for sure. Um, I, I have a desire for excellence and a desire to win. Um, Do you attract people like that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I really don't. Um. And it, it and this chapter is about it's the chapter of ma the law of magnetism is not when I think about the type of people that I want to attract it's the type of people that come to me it's not going to be determined based upon oh. these things that I want them to have. What's more important is I'm going to attract who I am. Sure. Law of magnetism is, is determined not by who I not it's not by what I want, but it's is by the type of person that I am. I'm going to attract the leaders like, like I am. Does that make sense? Yeah, he says that, you know, it'll be your attitude. Will it, you know, you'll, you'll tend to attract people the same kind of attitude. And they'll tend to be about your age. And they'll, some of them will tend to have your background. Yeah. Most of them will, will tend to have your values. 
Some will have your life experience. Most of them will have your leadership ability. Yeah. So these, when you start to look at the type of people that you attract in your organizations, people, type of people that you hire to be on your teams at work, maybe even in your life, these are some key areas that are our common ground for to see the type of people that you attract. Your attitude. What's your attitude like? You have a positive attitude. Do you have a negative attitude? If you have people around you that have negative av- attitude. It's probably because you have a negative attitude. If you have people that are positive, it's probably because you're positive. Uh, a lot of times with age, you, you, you know, people tend to hire those around us in the same age. Uh, in the same age uh, background. This can include uh, your race, uh, your education, same experiences. Uh, like for me in college, uh, even now to this day, uh, I have a harder time relating with people who were in frats than I do with people who are in athletics. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, we ha- I have more of a similar background with, with someone like Derek than someone who maybe wasn't a frat. That's just the law of magnet. We, we, there's something that connects us together. There's nothing wrong with people who are in frats. It's just I don't connect on the same level as them. Um, we attract people with the same values, um, you know, spiritual values, uh, the way that you treat people, uh, the, your outlook on life. Uh, ener- he, he includes energy. People who have high energy mm-hmm. uh, are around people with high energy. Mm-hmm. You never want to pair people, someone who with high energy with low energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them thinks they're lazy. The other one thinks they're crazy. They're insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, he, he includes this one, giftedness, that m- nobody's going to follow a mediocre leader and so people look for someone who's gifted in their area of, let's call it expertise. So I want to follow in my job, I want to follow someone who's gifted in, in management and leadership of people and also in the way they, they can look at financial statements and see things that I can't see. So they're gifted in that way. And I will follow them if they're excellent. And then lastly is their leadership ability. Someone who can look at financial statements and see what you can see. Do you really, you know, everybody here just goes, I'll never be friends with Rodney. (laughs) Wow. So, so you may be, um, you may be thinking, or you may be, you might be wondering or, or thinking in your head about the type of people that you attract around you. You may not like the people. If you think for a moment, who, what type of leaders do you attract to yourself, to your organization? Do you like those people? Do you like who they are? What do those people say about who you are as a leader? Uh, if you don't like the people that attract that you attract to you, are you stuck where you're at? You're fired. <laughs> uh, John Maxwell will say no. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago. We talked about the law of the process, where leadership is a process uh, that we grow over months, years, decades start to implement and start to grow yourself as a leader to get rid of some of those bad qualities that you see in other people who are around you because that's who you're attracting. Um, if you like the type of people that you're attracting to you, great, you're in a good boat. Um, I would say this, make sure that everybody who you attract is not exactly like you. You don't need to have the same type. If you're a visionary, you don't need five other visionaries on your team. You need, you need to be able to staff where you're weak, staff where you're different. Uh, it, you know, that um, 
Stephen Covey book we did last semester, Primary Greatness. One of his um, one of his levers of success was diversity. We, if we're going to be successful as leaders, uh, if we're going to be successful as people, we need to have a diverse group of people who are around us because that's going to lead us to success. Um, so, um, what other slides you got up there? Yeah. So I would, <clears throat> you draw the, you draw people to you who have the same qualities you do. And if you want to attract better people, become the type of person that you attract. So I just asked you, what type of people do you attract to you in your jobs, in your life? Um, where are you on the leadership scale? If you're a seven on the leadership scale, you're going to more likely draw someone who's a five or a six. Uh, a lot of times people want to draw people with high potential and high character, but they don't even possess that themselves. So think about who are you? Realize that the people around you are around you because you have attracted them to you. In his first edition of the book, he tells, uh, and most of us, I think, have that edition, he talks about the Dallas Cowboys under Tom Landry when they were America's team, and they had, um, you know, from top to bottom, he didn't say they were born-again Christians, but, you know, they were people of high integrity. Everybody looked up to them. And then all of a sudden, Jerry Jones buys the team, I think in the 90s, and he hires uh, Barry Switzer, and kicks out Tom Landry, and all of a sudden, since then, uh, you know, you have you have you have a lot of guys who have uh, problems. You know, I've always been a big Cowboys fan, so that's been, and maybe it's no accident that then for the next twenty years they only won, I think, a total of one playoff game. You know, they haven't done very well since then. So maybe Jerry's, and I don't know about the present coach. He seems like an upstanding guy, but we'll see. Can't win. Uh, the other, uh, let me see, what's the other one? Oh, hey, let me, uh, let me run us, lead, lead through this and you help me out with this. Okay, this is Law of Connection. This is so good for me and so good for a lot of us because a lot of us are better at analyzing and thinking than we are connecting. And his point in this chapter, the Law of Connection, chapter 10, is that leaders touch the heart before they ask for a hand. And I'm reminded of Philemon 8 and 9, therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, Paul says, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. It's clear that he has a personal relationship with this guy. He has a connection with him. And so uh, the big point that he repeats and repeats and he repeats in this chapter, this big guy repeats his point, is you can't move people to action unless you first move them with emotion. The heart comes first. And the interesting thing is, uh, he's talking even about communicating in public. So he, he contrasts Bob Dole and Elizabeth Dole, thought I'd throw this in, this is in his first edition, because these are Kansans. And he, he points out, of course, what we all knew but didn't want to say out loud, which is Bob Dole was a poor communicator. He was so cool, so, so distant. And he was, you know, communicated sort of like his, well, I won't say that. But anyway, um, but his wife Elizabeth was just so personable. And then she became a senator, and she became extremely popular. And uh, Wow. I was once in Bob Dole's office when I prayed before the House of Rep Representatives, which is a joke anyway, if they ever ask you to do that, because none of them were there. But, uh, but anyway, it was, 
weird talking with him, you know, as a fellow Kansan and so forth. And, you know, you feel as though, even though he's one foot away from you, two feet away from you, that you're sort of across the room sending each other emails. It was just, just weird. Uh, and a contrast, you have the guy who's, who every biography of Ronald Reagan calls him the great communicator. The book on the left is one used in third grade, of all things, The Life of President Ronald Reagan, The Great Communicator. So, And he communicated because he was so personable, and everybody thought of him, first of all, not as a, not as a brain, but as a, uh, as a friend. So, so he says it over and over again in different ways. He says, to teach yourself, you need to use your head, but to teach others, you need to use your heart. And you need to use your heart one person at a time. Oftentimes you'll uh, deal with people, you'll have people on your staff, we find, who want to be visionaries and they want to connect with a thousand people at a time. And, you know, you're always saying to these people, just stand in the lobby and make a friend, you know, one at a time. That's how it works. And the stronger their connection with you, the stronger their desire to help you. If you're running a staff, if you're a CEO or anything like that, it's really true, isn't it? That the more friendly you are, the stronger the connection you have with your coworker, the stronger their desire to serve you. Uh, this is a, I pulled this off online, so it's, the print is pretty small. I'll just read this. True leaders touch a heart before they ask for a hand, and then underneath that, the stronger the relationship and connection between individuals, the more likely the follower will want to help the leader. I put this slide up because he says there are six sort of pathways to connection. Personal authenticity, that is when people want to connect with you because you're so incredibly authentic that you're not putting on airs at all, that you're just who you are and you don't care you know you don't have to comb your hair in the morning or whatever second relationship that is if you if if the thing that they sense is most important to you is not your performance or your intellect but the connection the relationship between your third your approachability and this is i think partly a gift you know of my four kids i have I have two of them who are so approachable, they're just sort of magnetic, and the others, like me, have to work at it. My wife's approachable, too. I mean, she sits there, and somehow there's this, you know, weird thing that goes out that says, you know, I'm available, chat with me. So it's crazy. For mutual, which is why I was attracted to her and married her. For mutual respect, you respect each other because this ties in, Rodney, with what you said, you know, that you both hold each other as, as gifted, mutually gifted. Uh, fifth, belief in people, and sixth, meaning and depth. So he talks about the, the laws of connection. You want to throw anything in here? No, I'll probably talk too long. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I, there are some things that uh, he says that uh, Jim didn't, didn't hit on, but I think for us sometimes it's hard in jobs to feel like it's our job to connect with the people that are working for us. Um, and, he, and Maxwell just says, it's your job as the leader to connect. It's not the employee's responsibility to come connect with you. You need to go and find those people who you are leading and make a connection with them. Even if they're different than you, even if you guys have nothing in common, you've ha you have to win their heart. You have to, they have to know that you absolutely care about them, regardless of you know, what happens at the job. Um, and sometimes that's hard for me to, to yeah, think me that 
Um, you can walk into work uh, or you can walk into home and think just because you say something or order something that they're just going to do it. Uh, most times it doesn't work like that. You know, you can't walk into a new job and have a management position and expect people to listen to you day one. It probably, I think realistically, and, and some of you guys may agree or disagree, I think it might take anywhere from six to nine, maybe even a year before if you have a management role uh, where you're leading people, where people actually buy into you and will listen to you. Because I think it takes that long to make a connection with someone at work. Well, you have work, but you also have the personal time. you got to be incredibly intentional about it to make a connection. So I got uh, one. I came up with one question for each of these, Rodney. So law of magnetism, I think this might be a fun question to discuss at your table. Ask, what are your top five magnetic poles? You know, the things that you really sort of, you know, that you want to be like and perhaps you are like and the things that draw people to you. Which of them seems to attract the most people to you, right? And then second law of connection, what pathways have you used successfully to connect with people? So uh, this is mainly, this time it's sort of a sharing of what's worked in your life. Magnetism, connection, Good to see you guys this morning, next week. A lot of the inner circle is going to be the next chapter. That'll be kind of fun. So we'll see you then. All right? Lead us in prayer. Yep. <clears throat> Lord, we, uh, we thank you for today. Um, thank you that you've given us an opportunity to live and to live in your goodness. Um, Lord, I pray that you would be with us today, that you would go before us. Um, you would open up our eyes to help us to see things the way that you see things, that you would um, help us be the leaders and the men that you um, have created us to be. Pray that we would walk with courage, uh, we would stand firm in, in our convictions, or we would love and connect with people well. Uh, we would be a picture of you to this world, that we would draw people to you. Um, God, and we would uh, live a life of faithfulness, um, Lord, that you would get and receive the honor that's due your name for what you've done for us um, in your son. I ask and pray these things in his name. Amen.